This year was started as a schos li nishmasi cheskal shraga ben Avram Yehuda. The learning should also be a schos li nishmasi v'chil mechel ben Asher and a schos for for shleima for Moshe ben Miriam, Yosef Menachem ben Chava, Chaim Elazar ben Rachel, Chaim Moshe Yeshua ben Malka, and Rezel Chaim Rachel Basplum and Rachel. I want to welcome all of the newcomers who are joining us now for the seven minute nachshir. Mitzvah we will start Sefer Melachim next week. I don't want you to get nervous about the length of this shir. Occasionally, aside from the regular Sunday to Thursday shir, if there's a topic that could use a little bit more of a deeper discussion, I'd like to give a separate deeper dive shir uh, that's optional, really, uh, just to give a better understanding about a topic. So, um, as many of you know, I uh, was visiting Yerushalayim, visiting Eretz Yisrael this past week, and I got to uh, take a tour with Simcha Hachbaum. It's, an, it's a fascinating tour. I recommend it for anyone who has done conventional tours already. Um, you really get a uh, better understanding. It takes you to some places that some of the conventional tours don't take you. And specifically in the Arab Quarter, you can get really close to the Makam Amigdash, some really good sites. Some of you may have seen the pictures I posted. And it was just interesting because as we saw the Temple Mount and as I saw the uh, Dome of the Rock and Simcha's talking about how that's the site where the Akedah happened and that's the site where the Beis Hamigdash stood and where the Kohen Gadol went in during the Kodesh, to the Kodesh Kodesh and during Yom Kippur, I was thinking of our Psukim here where we learned that after the Malach Hamashchis, the Angel of Destruction is bringing the Magefa to Yerushalayim, really to Eretz Yisrael, because of the census, Hashem tells it to stop right at the Goyren of Aravna, the threshing floor of Aravna, and that causes David to realize it's a Makam Kadosh, and God tells him to bring a Mizbeach there, and that is going to be the site of the future Beis Hamigdash, and that is the discussion for tonight. But as he was saying about the Akedah and the um, I was thinking to myself also, it's the Gairin of Aravna. This was Aravna's threshing floor. And as I think about the words Gairin Aravna, Simcha says that during the Six Day War, we're all familiar with the famous words that Mata Gore said, Harabayat uh, Biadeno, Harabayat Biadeno. We're familiar with that. But right after that, a the chief chaplain of the army goes and says the bracha of Nachim Tzioin, and he also blows Shoifer there, and he brings the Sefer Torah there. His name was Rav Shloim Goyren. I just thought it was interesting, and we're punked, right, when we're doing the uh, sugya of Goyren Aravna, the, he talks about the, and I had not mentioned it to him, he talks about Rav Shloim Goyren being the first Rav in the modern era to do a ceremonial uh, action on the Harabayas. Um, anyways, so as I said, I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper discussion here, and it's really based on a the art scroll brings down a really nice uh, piece at the end of Sefer Shmuel that I want to uh, uh, say over to you. In addition, there is a uh, marsha, fascinating marsha in the Gemara in Sukkot Daphnon Gimel, uh, and finally, I want to end off with the final redak on Sefer Shmuel which is a, also a nice piece of Musar. But first, let's start with the, with the art scroll. So the art scroll just points out the fact that even though uh, the Makam Migdash here is, is pointed out that uh, it's the place where the Akedah happened and it's the place where, um, where Aravna was able to, um, uh, I'm sorry, where Aravna had his threshing floor, but it had inherent Kedusha. It's not like the Kedusha came because the Magefa stopped here or the Kedusha came because of the Akedah. The Kedusha was there from Sheshus and Mebrashus. It was just revealed to David and to Klai Yisrael now at this time. 
So the question is, why now? Why is now the time when Hashem sees fit to reveal the Makam to Klai Yisrael? David, why not earlier? Why not to Yeshua? Why not to some of the earlier Nevi'im? Why not to Shmuel? And, or why not earlier in Perak Zion when David asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu permission to build the base of Igdash? Why wasn't it revealed then? Why now at the end of the Magif? So the art scroll explains that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give a simon to Klai Yisrael that they should not hold David accountable for the Magifa, and that they should recognize that David was Bishlemus in serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that Hashem shows here that it's only when David brings Karbanas, which we'll see in Pasach Hafei next time when we finish at the Siyum, that it's that after Vayal Oilois Ushlamim, and then Vayasar Hashem Laaretz Vateyatzer Magefa, that the Magefa stops because David brings Karbanas. So Hashem is showing Klai Yisrael, both David and Klai Yisrael, that David was beloved by Akadosh Baruch Hu. After all this time, after all of the Nisiyanas, after all of the adversity that David encountered during his life, Hashem loved him, and just the same as Hashem loved him when he was young, when he was selected to be the Melech. And we'll see that now that once David finds out where the Makam HaMikdash is, David always longed to prepare for the base of Mikdash and even to build it. But now that he finds out the spot, David now may begins the Hachanas, begins the preparations for the eventual Binyun, which would be completed by his son Shlomai. And in fact, even though Sefer Shmuel ends here at the end of the story of the Magefa, but in Divri Yamim, uh, which correlates very much to the story of David's Malchus in Divri, in the, near the end of Divri Yamim Aleph, there's various prokim that go into detail about David setting up the uh, Mishmaris of the Kaihanim and David setting up the administrators of the of the um, Beis Hamikdash and of the city of of Yehuda and it's it's psuk, psuk, pasuk after pasuk it also talks about David gathering all of the raw materials that Shlomo would need David threw himself into all of that work and into all of that effort to do as much as he could short of building the actual Beis Hamikdash. The Pasuk of Divya Yomim testifies to this. The Pasuk says it's in Perich of Be'ez, Pasuk, Hey, Vayomer David. So David said, Shloimai b'ni nar varach. My son, Shloimai, is young and he's weak or tender. Vabayis livnois l'Hashem and the house that needs to be built for Hashem. L'hagdil l'mayla l'Hashem l'teferis l'chol ha-ratzois. That is supposed to be basically a spiritual place, a glorious place, uh, famous throughout the land. So David says, I am going to make preparations for him. And therefore, before David died, he made he made an abundance of preparation. So David did as much as he could to show that he desired sincerely to build a base of Ignash, just that Hashem would not allow him. So he did as much as he could, including getting, getting the raw materials and setting up the Mishmarais and setting up the officers and those, uh, uh, and those um, um, authoritative figures that were needed to run the Beis HaMikdash. And once that was done, the next passage says, Then he calls his son Shlomo, He tells Shlomo, you have to complete it. So David starts it and Shlomo completes it. So the Abarbanel asks, if obviously this is the combination of the lifetime of David's work and of David's desire, so why is it completely left out of Sefer Shmuel? It seems like Sefer Shmuel ends prematurely. Yes, Sefer Malachim will continue to the end of David's life and David's final instructions, but you're missing key information over here in Sefer Shmuel. You're missing all of the efforts that David made to, to build the base of English. And if you're a, a, a regular Talmud in Yeshiva and you only learn Shmuel and Malachim, you never find out about all this work that David did. You have to wait till you get to the end of Ksuvim in Sefer Divrei Yom. 
So the Barbanel explains that you have to understand what the purpose is of Tanakh, and specifically what the purpose of the Sifrei Nevi'im. It's not to tell the story of Klai Yisrael. Yes, there are a lot of stories in, involved, but it's not to tell the story. We saw this many times because there are times when I will tell you things, as we learned in Sefer Shmuel, I'll tell you things and how it's contrast, uh, contrasted, presented in Divrei Yamim, and then there are prakim that I'll go through that aren't even mentioned. The whole story of Avshalim, the whole story of Amnon and Tamar, it's not even mentioned in Divrei Yamim. Because the books have two different purposes. The, the books of the Sifrei Nevi'im, the purpose is to learn Musar. So even though there are stories involved, every story has a lesson, and there's always Musar, and there's always a lesson to take from it. Something that that story or that uh, um, um, idea is meaning to convey, to teach you to improve. It's not a record of the history of the Jewish people. That is Divrei Yomim. Divrei Yomim was written by Ezra later on to tell the story of the Malchus of Klai Yisrael, the Malchus of David. And so that's the main purpose of that story. And so when you're talking about the national story of Klai Yisrael, so then you talk about the preparations that David made, the extensive preparations that David made for the base of Migdash. But the Musr, if God and Nasan and Shmuel before did not see fit that there was Musr involved, that there was a lesson to be learned from those Psukim, it was completely omitted from Sefer Shmuel, and it, it, to us it may seem like uh, it's key information that's missing, but from their perspective there was no lesson that was uh, 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 to be brought out from those Psukim. And this is really something that goes to the root of understanding Sifrei Tanakh, right? Because there's a lot of negativity, there's a lot of mess-ups that we talk about in the in Svarim, right? It's always this person made this mistake. We talk about highlighting the mistakes that Klai Yisrael made in the Midbar. We highlight the mistakes of David, David with Bathsheba, Amnon, Tamar, um, the census. We highlighted the persecution of the Gevoinim, right? All these things that, uh, all the things that seem to highlight David's mistakes, and yet we know that David was at Tzadik Gomer because the Psukim, the intent of the Psukim are to teach us lessons, says the Abar Benel, and those things that don't have lessons for us to learn, as vital as they may be from a historical perspective, they don't belong in the Sifrei Nevi'im because those are reserved just for uh, stories and and, and Nevuas that contain lessons for Klai Yisrael to learn. Now let's go to the Gemara and Sukkah. The Gemara and Sukkah there, it's Daftan Gimel, it starts on Amad Aleph, continues on Amad Beis. The Gemara there is talking about the famous story about David digging for the foundations of the Beis Hamikdash, and he's hits a spot where the water starts to rise that it's going to flood the whole world. And David asks Shiloh, if anyone knows, is he allowed to erase the name of Hashem, throw Hashem's name on a piece of paper that will be erased in order to stop the waters from flooding. And the Gemara there says that Achetayfel knew, and Achetayfel finally tells David, because David says whoever knows and doesn't say is going to be uh, 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 choked to death. So Achetayfel answers David that yes, if you could do it for a site to erase Hashem's name, you certainly could do it to save the whole world. The David does it, the waters go down very far, and then David says the 15 Shiramala is to bring the water up to the current level. That's the Gemara. Now, there's a Rashi in the Gemara in Makkas. Rashi asks a question. He says, hold on a second. The story of Gairin Aravna, our Psukim in Shmuel Beis happens near the end of David's life, certainly after the rebellion of Avshalom, no question. The story of Achitoifel has to happen before the rebellion of Avshalom because Achitoifel died at the end of the rebellion, right? When, when, I, when he sees that Avshalom doesn't take his advice, he commits suicide. And the Gemara says that his suicide, the choking, the hanging that he took, it was a result of Kiyom of the curse that David said, whoever knows and doesn't say is going to uh, be, be hanged, be, be choked to death. So 
which one is it? Does David know already the Makam Amigdosh back in the times of Achitayfel, a few years earlier? Or does he first find out about it now? Now, what's Mashma that he first finds out about it now? So our Psukim hinted it, but it said clearly in Divrei Ayam, Divrei Ayamim, the last Pasuk in, I'm sorry, the first Pasuk in Perich of Bey says, David, Zehu Hashem Alikim, Zem is Yisrael. This is the place of the Makam Amignosh. He sees that the Magefa stops at the Garen of Aravna. He recognizes it's a holy place. The Navi God tells him, go bring Karbonas. So David responds, this is the Makam of the Beis Amignosh. So if he first finds out about it now, near the end of his life, then what was he digging for three or four years earlier when, uh, during the time of Achetayfel? That's the Kasha that Rashi asks. So Rashi gives a straightforward answer and he says, it's simple. Earlier, David calculated with Shmuel where the Makam Amikdash was. Based on that calculation, he goes and he digs. He didn't have to wait for confirmation from Shemayim. So based on his own calculation, he goes and he digs. Now that the Magefa stops, he sees it's verified by Shemayim that yes, this is the Makam of the base of Amikdash. So it's proving that his calculations were correct, but David originally dug based on his calculations before he even had verification from Shemayim. So what does David mean? Zehu base Hashem came. It's confirmed from Shemayim that this is the base place of the base of Amikdash. But the Mashah doesn't like that answer. The Mashah gives an answer that I thought was fascinating. I never learned it in yeshiva. Because the Mashah has three great questions. He says, first of all, David here refuses to even bring a carbon until he buys the land from Aravna. You're going to tell me that before he even bought the land, he's digging underneath? He's digging in the, in the, uh, the foundation underneath the ground? That he's doing? When he wouldn't even build a Mizbeach on the Makom, he's, he's, he's going to start doing excavations underneath the Makom? He says that doesn't make sense. Second of all, if he knew the spot of the base of Migdash, why would he wait until now to buy it from Aravna? Why did he not make Aravna an offer three, four years earlier? And the third question is that the Shisin, the area where basically when you would pour the Nisachayai and the Nisachamayim where it would go down, that hollow was created from Shejus Mebraishas. David didn't need to go and dig it out. It was already created. So if David is digging and digging till he hits the water that's underground, then it doesn't make sense that that's the Makam of the Shisim. So Bashar says a fascinating Teretz, which I never heard in Yeshiva, heard nothing like it in Yeshiva. Zaktamarshah, David dug in the wrong spot. David calculated the Makam HaMikdash with Shmuel, and it was the wrong spot. He started digging in a place called Ein Eitam, which later on it's mentioned in Nach that Shlomoy, I believe, Shlomoy creates pools there. I'd have to double check. But there's something mentioned in Ein Eitam, something about pools, something to do with water. And that says the Marsha, that's where David dug. And it was the wrong spot. And that's why David dug too deep. And that's why he hit the water that started to flood the world. Because he was looking for hollow. And he kept digging until he hit hollow, but he never hit hollow. He got all the way down to the Mayim that was, that's, that's, hit, that's uh, kept below by HaKadosh Baruch Hu that was going to flood the world. So David digs in the wrong place. So now when David digs in the wrong place, he stops looking because he calculated wrong. So now he has to wait to find out where is the Makam HaMikdash. Now when the Magefa stops in Yerushalayim by the Gairin Aravna, now David recognizes, okay, this is the spot of the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore David now resumes the preparation that he wanted to start, or he, he started years earlier, but had to stop. Ein Eitam apparently is near enough, close enough to Yerushalayim that it fits the landmarks and signs that uh, that are associated with Yerushalayim. Obviously, it's not, Yerushalayim is not spelled out specifically in, in, in the Torah, in Chamisha Chamshe Torah, but uh, in Eitam must have fit enough of the signs that David concluded that that was the spot where it was, and that's why he's digging. So amazing, fascinating, shot brought by the Marsha. 
want to end off with the Radak. It's the last Radak at Sefer Shmuel. Um, on the Pasuk that we're going to learn um, at the Siyam, that David builds a Mizbeach, and after being Zoyalus and Shlomim, Hashem answers, and the Megifa stops. So the Marsha, the Marsha, the Radak says that all of the people, he, br- he brings down the Medrash, Medrash Shmuel, that says that all of the people that died in these, in, in, from this Magefa died only because they were not Teveya for a Beis HaMikdash. We learned way back in Shmuel Aleph that the people asked for a Melech. Remember, we had a whole deeper dive. I think it was even two parts. It was a huge deeper dive. We talked about, was it inappropriate to ask for a Melech? And what some of the Mepharshim talked about is that the request for a Melech in and of itself is not inappropriate. The problem was that they didn't care about a Beis HaMikdash. They just cared about a Melech. That was the problem. So there was this idea that people were not Teveya, people did not care about their being a Beis HaMikdash. Now, after the destruction of the Mishkan in Shiloh during the days of Eli, which is really Perek Dalid in Shmuel Aleph, there is no set place where the Arun and the uh, Mishkan are together. The Arun's floating around. First it goes to the Plishtim, then it comes back and it finds a few homes, but the Arun is never together with the rest of the Mishkan. There was no final resting place, no firm resting place for the uh, Aaron and for the and, and a Makam Amiglosh, there was no base Amiglosh. So there was a Tviya on Klai Yisrael, on members of Klai Yisrael, didn't care about there being a base Amiglosh. And for that reason, people died during David's days. So Zak the Radak, a very important lesson. He says, let's make a Kavachaymer. There was no base Amiglosh that existed in those days. It wasn't de- de- dest- even destroyed in those days. It didn't exist. And yet, they were Tiveya. There was a, a, a claim against them in Shemayim. Why did you not? Go and build a base of Migdash. So in our so says the Radak, in our days where it previously existed and it was already destroyed. Allah has come of a kama. We have to make sure that there is a cheshek, there is a desire, there is a effort put in into doing what we can to bring back the Beis HaMikdash, if there was such a Tviya in the days of David when the Beis HaMikdash did not even exist yet, then certainly in our days when it's been destroyed, we have to uh, do whatever we can to bring it back. Now, I'll just read you the final words of the Radak. Therefore, therefore, the Sekanim and the Nevi'im instituted that every day, three times a day, Klai Yisrael should say the words, Ha you should restore your Shechino, Machuscha, and your Malchus, Litziyayin, to Yerushalayim, V'seder Avedoskal Yerushalayim, and bring back the Avoida, bring back the Beis HaMikdash, and Yerushalayim, Amen, Keni, Ratzayin, Selah. So says the Radak, that's why it's so important that Davin three times a day and have in mind that we want the Beis HaMikdash back. That's how we do effort to bring it back, is to tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu how much we want it and to be Taiveya from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to demand from HaKadosh Baruch Hu we want it. Because that was the problem in David's days. They didn't demand it. They didn't uh, uh, show interest and the desire to have it built. David did, but not the other people. And uh, therefore, in our days, it's so important that we express this desire every day. Hopefully, we will be zaychet to finally, once and for all, end this galus and see the rebuilding of the of the Beis Hamikdash in the days of Mashiach Meir Viamenu.